Dad, did you wash my jersey? Mom, can you sign this paper? It's for school. Is there anything else to eat? So, what's this fundraiser for? Ooh, can we stop at the library? So, when's our next Disney trip? Hey, Dad, can I ride with you? Did you record the soccer game? We are not getting a cat. The laundry is still out of control. Welcome to the Victory Catch Podcast with Rick and Julie Randa, Season 2. Hey everyone and welcome to the Victory Couch. My name is Julie Rando. And I'm Rick Rando. And guys, here we are. It is the last episode of season two. The season finale. We have a lot to talk about today too. <laughs> I, I told Rick as we sat down, I'm like, this is going to be a long one. So guys, if you listen to us on a walk, you're going to have a nice workout today. If you listen to us on a car ride, maybe multiple car rides, but I just have a feeling it could be a little long, but it's so Full, chock full of goodness. It's going to be worth it. it. It's going to be worth it today. And if you are new, welcome. Welcome. You're coming in right at the end. So you have some homework to do. You've got a lot of episodes to catch up on. This is episode number 25, season two. We're wrapping it up. We're excited. And we're recording at a time we don't normally record. Yes. So this all makes sense later. But um, if you are new, thanks for squishing in. Julie's on the right side of the couch. I'm on the left side of the couch. Uh, she brings two questions to me. I bring two questions to her. We solve the, the world's problems right here on the couch, I, I would say. World's problems? I'd say we solve some problems <laughs> and we share quite a bit. And we certainly celebrate our victories and talk about the tough times too. So Yeah, but if if our leaders would just listen to, to us we i think <laughs> it would be better that's what i'm saying that's why i'm saying we solve the world's problems so jules you sure. get to go first this okay. week and what's your first question for me okay i'm i'm coming in hot as the kids say is that what they say yeah. i'm coming in hot today yeah i have two very uh deep thinking questions okay so i hope your brain's ready to roll i'm ready i shared a podcast with you very recently and um if you remember correctly, it's from the Imagine Faith Talk podcast. And it was an episode dealing with embracing your plot twist. Mm-hmm. A plot twist, if you're not sure, is when what's going on in the storyline, it's uh, everything's going as it is. And then it's like, whoop, things are about to change. And they said a phrase like, well, it's never a surprise to the director. It's never a surprise to the director. It is a surprise to the audience. And sometimes to the characters getting the script, right? They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. And it made me think about embracing our plot twist, which is really what it was dealing with as people, as humans on the planet. And if you zoom out, if you're uh, at all thinking in the faith realm, or the director of what's going on is God, right? So we've all had plot twists. We've all had things going as we were thinking, and then shoop things change. So my question today is what has been the best plot twist of your life? Hmm. Well, I would say that my best plot twist is my wife. And I had a long-term relationship prior to Julie and it was getting very Mm -hmm. serious and we were taking steps to, um, 
solidify that particular relationship and it didn't work out. And I was, I was devastated. I mean, completely destroyed, uh, from confidence to physicality to, to everything. And I just didn't understand why, um, this particular person that I had fallen in love with and had been in love with for years, um, wasn't destined to be mine forever. And I just couldn't understand it. I just couldn't get it. And as a character in, in, in my story, I didn't fully appreciate what was coming because I couldn't get past the pain. And I think anytime there's a plot twist in a movie or in your story as a human being, we, we, we get caught up in, in the actual raw emotion of why is this happening? I don't understand. But when you zoom out, you see that in our, in our case, God's got you. He's got you right where you need to be. And something better, something more fulfilling, something more complete, uh, something that's not as stressful, not as complicated, is coming your way. Whether it's, in my case, my wonderful, beautiful wife over here, uh, or it could be, uh, why are you getting sick? Or why are you leaving this job? Or why did you get fired? Why um, is your child born with this, you know, limitation? Um, and I think that you don't really appreciate the plot twist until the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think during the movie, you don't understand why, you know, Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father. And all of a sudden, oh my gosh, like what? How can this guy that's the worst dude in the galaxy be the, the hero's dad? Like, how did that happen? Uh, I just remember watching the movie Goonies as a kid. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen that one, it's, it's, it's really good. I remember reading this story by Richard Donner, and I believe Richard Donner is uh, the director or the producer of, of Goonies. I don't have it at my fingertips right now. Um, but I remember him saying that they wanted to keep the pirate ship hidden from the kids, the pirate uh, ship that they uh, eventually go on, and One-Eyed Willie is there, that kind of thing. So if you remember the movie, they go down the water slide, and they're in you know, the, the, the lake and all of a sudden they turn around and they see the pirate ship for the very first time. And the, and the, the camera pans up on the kids and, um, they're just amazed and shocked and like, Oh my gosh, like this, this ship is right there. And when they filmed that, they had kept that secret from all the actors and actresses Mm -hmm. because they wanted their natural reaction to what that would look like. They wanted that plot twist uh, potentially, or that that grandeur to be revealed, and they wanted to capture it on screen for the very first time. So when those kids in that movie are seeing the ship, um, like we're watching them see the ship in in the movie, they're actually in real life. They were seeing the ship for the very first time, and I think the director knew, and the director could see, um, you know, what needed to happen. But in the moment, a lot of times, especially you know, going back to the Star Wars reference, like Luke's, like, no, how can you be my dad? I don't understand. And, and as the, as the audience uh, watches, they can't understand either. So I, I think my best plot twist was my wife. And, uh, I am humbly, um, man enough to say that. And I, uh, I couldn't be happier with the ending. So. I, um, I'm just listening on the side. 
I did not know that's where you were going to take this answer and I couldn't interject a whole lot. I just had to sit here and listen. So yeah, thanks for sharing that, Rick. Um, mine is somewhat connected to you. I mean, um, I take my story back to my senior year of high school when I had my heart set on going to a private school in North Carolina. You know, in the 90s, we did not have a website that we could go to or videos or, you know, following the school on Instagram or whatever it might be. We didn't have all of these ways to connect with where our future was going to be. But we did have those gorgeous view books that landed in our mailbox. And one for a particular private school in North Carolina landed in mine. And I saw the manicured lawns and the beautiful brick buildings. And I saw that it was in a warmer climate. And I was sold. I was like, that's where I'm going to school. That's I'm going to apply there. And that's where I'm going. And that's not where I went. It's uh, it's really tough because when you're a senior in high school, everything, I mean, the biggest thing on the planet your senior year is what are you doing when you graduate? Right. That is the biggest thing. And I thought going to a state school in Maryland was kind of beneath me. And I, I will admit that I had that attitude. I had that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to a Maryland state school. Like, you know, college park was impressive. Um, but it was really close to home and I don't know if I could have gotten in there back then. I'm not sure. Um, but you know, I, I had my heart set on this one school and, uh, I had the grades. I think I was just shy on SATs and I got waitlisted. Knowing what I know now, I probably could have gotten into that school had I, you know, taken the SATs again and submitted new quarter grades and probably could have gotten in. Um, but my, my dad made me a deal and he said, Go to, a sc- go to a school in the state for one year. And after that, you'll transfer down. And, you know, we shook on it. And I said, okay, all right. Sounds like a plan. That's what we'll do. And I had a best friend who was going to a school on the far eastern side of Maryland. And she knew exactly what she wanted to major in. I had no clue. So uh, I, I gave it a shot. And I went the opposite way. And the college I landed at landed me in a community where a year and some change later, year and a half, a little shy of that, I met my left side of the couch. I met my husband. And it was in the most unconventional circumstances. And I was at a school that I did not want to be at. One of my biggest plot twists I can think of, I think back to that crushed 17-year-old who got that letter. Hmm. And... I didn't see it. I did not see it. And I couldn't have seen how beautiful our story was and how, you know, how connected I got to be to the college I attended. And I got super involved, which made me not want to leave. And I met an amazing faculty member who had me um, in a major that I ended up really enjoying. So for those of you who can't see your plot twist coming or you're living in the mundane and you're unhappy or you just had a plot twist and you're like what on earth is happening all I can say is breathe 
because there's something really beautiful about zooming back, um, kind of zooming out and looking back at what your plot twist in life, um, you know, there's usually more than one, but that one sticks with me and it's the first big one that I ever, um, lived out. And, uh, yeah, but that, that question that, that podcast, I'll link it in the show notes, guys. I, I highly recommend listening to these guys. They're, um, just a lot of fun and weave in faith and a little pop culture references. And, uh, yeah, it, it really led me to think, gosh, I, I definitely have had many plot twists in my life, but that's probably been the best one. All roads lead to a story. And that's a good story. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Happy one. A happy story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. But With a hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the hero, y- yes, you are part <laughs> of it. But I think the hero was me realizing it all. That's right. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my question has nothing to do with <laughs> your question. Plot twists. Um, so I was recently celebrating uh, at a uh, a sports establishment where, you know, there's TVs and I won't say which one, mm-hmm. um, but there's a W in the name and a B. Anyway, um, so we're there <laughs> and we're watching the 500 televisions that's there. And on um, TV is this pogo stick championship. All right. So these, these, it's extreme pogo sticking, whatever. So they're bouncing up and down and they're doing flips and jumps and they have like hills and cr- it's just crazy. On another channel, they have axe throwing. And on another channel, <laughs> they have curling, you know? So I, I got to thinking, like, what are some of the most unique sports <laughs> out there? Like, what am I missing? I what, totally have what, one. What could I be good at? Like, spoon throwing? or I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what I could do. So I went online to this magical place called Google. Okay. And I put the most extreme sports in the world in there. I just typed them in. Hmm. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this extreme sport and a little, just a little bit about it. You tell me if you think you would be good at it or not. Okay. I just want to add real quick. Our son, as you know, watches ESPN quite often. And he was watching like Ultimate Tag the other day. And I was like, what are you watching? He's like, oh, it's like Ultimate Tag. And this is again going with what you're saying. These are real sports. No, these are real. And, these are real I mean, things. Who are we to laugh at? These folks are probably making bank and having a good old time. Well, they all so. have sponsors and they're on it's television. Amazing. All right, I'm interested. Hit it. Okay. Well, um, let's see. The first one's called wife carrying. What? Yeah, wife carrying. It's a contest in which male competitors race while each carrying a female partner. The objective is for the male to carry the female through a special obstacle track in the fastest time the sport was first introduced in finland what do you think spouse I, carrying what do you think you i think, think you would in, be good at that in america it's going to end in divorce <laughs> and we're strained hamstring in finland they're just good spirited people yes okay yes. so finland yes uh on the couch no okay all right ready the next sport is called the cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling and Wake Contest. I know about this one because of Gilmore Girls. Okay, it's an annual event held in Springbank Holiday at Cooper's Hill near Gloucester, England. Participants race down a 200-yard long hill chasing a double wheel of double Gloucester cheese. Cheese, Yes. What do you think? Um, This happened in Gilmore. Logan did it on one of his death brigade, life and death brigades. And uh, I think it sounds like a hoot. I I would So you would be okay with that one? Like, would I personally do it? Yeah. Yeah, 
yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. All I right. mean, as long as people with milk allergies aren't nearby. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so our son couldn't watch. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, we'll see. All right. Yeah. The next sport is called bog snorkeling. And it's an event where competitors aim to complete two consecutive lengths of 60-yard water filled trenches cut through a peat bog in the shortest time possible, wearing traditional snorkels, diving mask, and flippers. What do you think? I don't know what a peat bog is, <laughs> but I do like to swim, and my mom is a great snorkeler, so I'm going to give it to her today. Okay. Do. All yeah. right. Okay. Yes. All right. The next one's called toe wrestling. Oh it's word. a sport involving two opponents who lock toes and attempt to pin each other's feet down, <laughs> similar to arm wrestling. What do you think, Jules? Do you think you'd be good at that one? I think I would be good at that. Yes. <laughs> okay. The next one's called chess boxing. It's a hybrid sport that combines two traditional disciplines, chess and boxing. Two combatants play alternative rounds of blitz chess and boxing until one wins by either a checkmate or knockout. What do you think, Jules? I don't want to participate, but I want to watch. <laughs> I want to watch that. Yeah. That sounds like something our son would want he to do. He would want to do that. He'd Actually, be like, he I came to mind because he loves chess and sparring, which is close to boxing. So, yeah. All right. I already know the answer is no to this one. Okay. Okay. But I just thought it was fun. Extreme ironing. It's an extreme sport in which people take ironing boards to remote locations mm -hmm. and iron items of clothing. Um. According to the Extreme Ironing Bureau, extreme ironing is the latest danger sport that combines the thrills of extreme outdoor activities with the satisfaction of a well-pressed suit. What do you, th what do you think? I that? think this is preposterous, honestly. <laughs> um, why would one need pressed clothes in a remote <laughs> space is my first question. If there's... Like reward money, <laughs> I would put my mother-in-law up on it any day to get the perfect creases, and I think she I would do a fantastic you, Mama job. I guarantee Mama Rando is going to get that, uh, yeah. get those trousers yeah. done. But I will, I will cheer on from afar. Yes. Speaking of trousers, oh, the next one's called ferret legging. I'm already out. <laughs> I'm already out. It was an endurance test, which ferrets were trapped no. in trousers worn by no. a participant. It seems to have been popular among coal miners what? in Yorkshire, England. Hold on. So what do they do with ferrets? They, they put one down your pants and see how long it will last. Before or it dies? How long you last. I mean, with oh. it down there. Because apparently they just... They, yeah, they're squirrely little creatures. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I heard the word ferret and yeah, definitely no. My eldest brother had ferrets once as pets and uh, they smell too. So um, no, I'm out on that one. Okay. All right. Um, the last formal one is called shin kicking, okay. also known as shin digging or purring. I'm listening. It's a combat sport that involves two contestants attempting to kick each other <laughs> on the shin in order to force their opponent to the ground. Ooh. It's been described as an English martial art and originated in England in the early 17th century. They, they, there's a lot of crazy things that come from England here, right? Well, it is the motherland for many. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? Shin kicking, well, in or out? Here's what I think. I think it's been woven into the sport of soccer or what they would call football because um, I've seen it. I've seen something similar to it on the soccer field. I'm out. I would watch a quick video clip on it, though, because that is intriguing. Well, you know, you have Thai boxing or, you know, Muay Thai, which is there's a lot of shin kicks really? in that thing. Yeah. I mean, that is a sensitive spot. It's, it's very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let me give you a couple honorable mentions. Ready? Okay. Ostrich racing. Fun. 
unicycle hockey, underwater mm. football, zorbing, which you know what zorbing I've is? I've heard the, big... the name. It's like the big ball. Yeah, like the a... big balls. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And real life Quidditch. Real life Quidditch. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, out of all of those, I think real life Quidditch sounds fun. It does sound fun. Yeah. And one of your earlier ones that you read there sound fun, but I it slipped out of my head real the, quick. You know, cheese rolling and waking. Yeah, that could do that. But yeah. the, the first or second one there. Yeah. Yeah. Wife carrying? No, 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 no. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Scrap that. All right. Okay. Well, that's my question. So um, I, I would, I would, other than like the bog snorkeling thing, which I think you could pretty much die from that. I, I, and the shin kicking, I would probably you do. You would not do the ferret one. I don't not know. Not a million years. I don't know. You know. You don't want to be in a room with an animal I'm, like that. I'm okay with that. Crawling up you your know, pants. I, mean, I don't know. I, I think if I had a like. Gross. Cup on or something, I'd be all right. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Here's, here's the other big thought about all of these questions. Yeah. Okay, I get that there's a winner and a loser and maybe there's bragging rights, but what's the point? Like, do you get the point? prize money? Do you get a trophy, a medal? Probably. Okay, if there's something at the end of it, like, hey, you went a trip to Jamaica or like, you know, that to me changes maybe what my answer might be on some of my nose. Okay. If it's awesome enough for me to be like, oh, wow. Well, extreme ironing, you have a nice press shirt, so... I, I, I mean, despise ironing that much. I just am like, no, <laughs> so I don't out. want to do it on a mountaintop. No, I got you. No, thank you. And also, where's the electricity coming from? I don't know. What are these? Some like new age, fancy charger battery. Listen, irons? I, didn't, I didn't invent the sport. I'm just okay. reporting on it. Okay. All right. This is personal sharing time, guys. Um, listeners out there, you guys, if you pay close enough attention to our website, you will see, you know, if you go to About Us, you'll see, you know, what we do and links to our businesses and, you know, things that are part of our everyday life. And about a month or so ago, when this comes out, it'll be uh, almost two months, I had to change the wording on our About Us because it indicated that I am a higher ed professional and I had to change the word former higher ed professional and that leads to the question that I'm going to next for you, okay? The question is, have you ever experienced being so convicted by God's will, you made a huge pivot in your plans? The first thing that comes to mind is when I was at uh, WVU and I was going to be a lawyer, mm -hmm. and I, th I shared this a couple episodes did, ago, yeah. where I, I, it just didn't feel... It just didn't feel that that's where I was supposed to go. And I really can't explain it other than I pretty much knew right away that that was not for me. And um, it's not like God said, hey, um, that's not for you. But there were so many signs yeah. and just so many uh, sort of roadblocks that were put up in my way. That, that it was like, this this is not meant to be. Mm -hmm. And I could feel that on a very deep, deep yeah. level. Conviction, yeah. Um, so I think God speaks to people in different ways. Uh, and I know, um, for me, it was very evident that that was not where I was supposed to go. So obviously I changed and stayed local. And again, you know, God had uh, Julie 
going to a local school too and you know it was a collision course of uh of excellence about that history as they say so i i don't want to you know really take this question away because i know what you're about to share and how you're about to share it so i'm just gonna take a step back and i just want to hear and i think all of our listeners would like to hear what where you're going with this one so I I don't pretend that I'm sitting in some ivory tower somewhere where I have all the answers and everyone cares about, you know, how I operate or or what's going through my head. But I just, uh, I know we've had some people in our lives, both in our close circle and as Rick would say, many layers out um, that either know I've recently left higher education and ask questions. And it's really hard to, in passing, answer someone going oh so I heard you left the college and you're like okay I just saw you at the grocery store like this is a big life thing and I can't sum it up in a 10 second exchange so I just thought hey we have a podcast this is a good time to share it but I like quick history when I graduated undergrad I went right into the workforce and got a job at my alma mater and I was there just shy of 16 years And the pandemic happened after I left and I was trying to find a job in the pandemic. Um, In 2019, I guess the question deals with convictions and and making a huge pivot. My first and probably my biggest pivot in my life professionally or altogether for that matter was in 2019. And unless you have a relationship with the Lord, um, you may not know how this feels, but if you do and you've felt what true conviction feels like, you can only say what I know to be true. And that is if you stay where you're at and you felt convicted, the best way to describe it is just this undeniable, as Rick would say, a roadblock, or for me, it's such an internal feeling and it's in my, my body and in my mind and my spirit. And it's undeniable. You, you know what you're being asked to do. And in 2019, I knew that I had to make the decision to say farewell to a place I probably would have stayed at for another decade or so and retired at, um, because of how, people just weren't being taken care of and some of the things that were going through just the processes of the day-to-day I personally did not align with I did not feel valued I felt um, under appreciated scrutinized unnecessarily so and on a killer team that was amazing but had really poor um higher leadership our direct leadership was phenomenal and those people you know who you are you're outstanding and we're all we we all went through the battle but um man what a conviction I had then in 2019 um in in September of 2019 went in and said hey I'm I'm gonna be leaving and uh you know to serve my team well and to kind of be alongside of the crazy roller coaster we were all experiencing I said I'd stay up until uh, January of 2020 as I did and uh, I got to spend a couple months well I guess a month and a half a little shy of that maybe five weeks uh, and then the world shut down and 
the pandemic happened and everyone knows that story. I was fortunate, really, really fortunate to pick up a job, a full-time position, another one in higher ed. This one dealing with more leadership responsibility, overseeing a staff of 11, um, five directly and six um, supporting staff members. And I learned a lot on that journey. I definitely grew as a leader. I had a voice that I knew could help the situation I was given and the dynamic I stepped into and served there at that college for um, from from June of 2020 to June of 2023, just now. And uh, when you feel a conviction and you're like, I, I know that this is a huge pivot and those who are close to me, really close to me, I could probably say on one hand, truly get it the rest are confused <laughs> the rest are like what what Julie she's not working full-time at, at, at a college anymore like that's like her identity that's what she's done and as a woman in her 40s I can tell you I have grown so much to know and and I hope all of you out there if you're not there yet I hope you get there your identity is not in a title it's not in it's not in what people think you are. If you're a Christian, your identity is in Christ, okay, first and foremost. Then if you're fortunate enough, as I have been, to been in just an amazing marriage, your next identity is to be, for me, being a wife to my husband. And next to that would be to be a mother to our kids. And one of the things that <laughs> sealed the deal for me to know, Jules, you got to leave this full-time role of balancing 19 years in higher ed, of working full-time, of not having a summer since you were 15 years old where you did not work a job, uh, where you were expected at some place full-time. I'm still working. I will circle back around to that, but in a different capacity, um, but serving a nine to five or whatever you want to phrase it as um, has served me well in many ways. I also can say that when you know, you know. And for this particular pivot, my most recent pivot, I knew this past uh, August of 22 and had discussion with my husband. And, uh, you know, obviously we have to zoom out and look at big picture and, you know, do we have the financial opportunity and, are the side passion projects worth pouring into right now? But most importantly, where are our kids at? Where's our family at? And is this the right time for me to make this big pivot? And the answer was undeniably yes. And thankfully, I have a husband who saw that and knew just as well as I did. It's time to make a change. So yeah, um, it's, it's very emotional to talk about it because when you're in a profession for a really long time, and to me, those of you who have worked a job 40, 50 years, I, I hope you just, uh, you know, tolerate this because 19 years I know is, is not much, but for me, it's, uh, it, it's a large portion of my life. And I love higher education 
a lot about it, of course, with anything, not everything about it, but a lot about it. And my kids jokingly have told their friends, yeah, my mom retired. And while technically out of one of my institutions I've been at, I am considered a retiree there on paper. Um, but I like to call it a sabbatical. It's, uh, it's the, I'm doing what I'm called to do. And I undeniably know that I need to be in a season where I can pour into passion projects. We have multiple creative works. I'm not going to go into all of them right now. I've been able to take on a little bit more for my photography business. Juliana's Joy Photography just shot a wedding this past, well, a couple weeks ago now by the time this gets to it. Um, you know, been fortunate to have more and more inquiries and, and I can say yes more if, if and when I want to and if and when it's right for my family, um, for our family. So this season is a very interesting one. And the first summer I've had since I was a teenager um, where I get to be more in control of, of my schedule and how I use my time. And, you know, on the flip side of that, those of you who have worked in a professional industry and have helped raise your family, I am experiencing um, this summer what it feels like to not go to an office that is all yours where your name's on the door and you're in charge of things and people look to you in leadership. And there's a sense of prestige to that to a bit. Um, I had a, my best friend said, you're going to be humbled really quick. She told me this when I, uh, when I told her I was leaving and I kind of smiled and, and I also think I love that she knew me well enough to say that. Um, cause yeah, when you're in charge of, of things and you have leadership, it's very, very humbling. Also, I would not have made any other decision and I'm glad that my days are filled with creative projects, with being there for our children, with having a now teenager, the years pass by very, very quickly. And I am very fortunate to get to spend uh, more time watching them grow up into the humans that, you know, God wants them to be. And I want to be as present as I can. Um, as one of my favorite authors wrote the book, I want to be present, but not perfect. And I'm going to continue to do that. It doesn't mean I'm saying farewell to working with one of my favorite demographics in the whole world, which is college going students. Um, I don't know exactly where everything's going to lead. I don't know the end of the story. I do know who the author is and God's in control. So for those of you who have been wondering, there's the story. I, I, um, I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Because I know that that is not easy and to be very flippant with somebody <laughs> that's really flippant with you um, is got to be challenging because it is a very big deal, uh, for you to pivot. And that's an over word, an overused word, I should say in, in the common culture, but to really go in a completely different direction, but not really <laughs> because I've always had those side projects going on. I've just also been working a full time yeah, job. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And just in putting yourself first, I think, and putting us first and, you know, you still have a title, you still have uh, a room <laughs> and many rooms that are yours. <laughs> you still have people that look up to you and that come to you with, with questions. 
and you're able just to serve the most important people, which is your family. And I think that's extremely admirable. And anybody out there that doesn't think that um, a quote-unquote stay-at-home parent isn't working, uh, come try it for a little while Um, because it is a full-time gig. It's a full-time gig. There are no off days. There's no sick days. There's no uh, replacement or substitutes to call in on your behalf. And um, yeah, I will say from the left side of the couch, we've experienced a happier Julie, a more calm and more collected and more free-spirited Julie, a plethora of home-cooked meals, which to me are are amazing. Uh, And also we've just received more um, counsel, more, more snuggle times before bed. That would be with me. Uh, and just, just a happier, a happier atmosphere here. So it's good. It's, it's new guys. It's, it's new. We've had a crazy June and here in July, I think it's just kind of slowly hitting me the difference in seasons. And when conviction hits you and you, if you don't follow through, it's just straight up disobedient. And that's one thing that I know I can control. So in this season, I am balancing a variety of things and I am not going to do a formal full-time nine to five. I am going where God leads me and he leads me to serving my family and working on all of our side ventures and saying a few more yeses to photography than I did before. And that brings me joy. And in turn, those I serve in that world more joy. So yeah, it's a good stuff. Believe me, it's been, it's been good for everybody. Yeah. So So we're getting, again, (laughs) it's so new. Um, By the time we kick back on season three, I'm sure I'll have a little bit more of my um, footing on all of this. But for those of you who care about us or are curious as I said, when we first launched this, some of you are going to be listeners and we will never, ever know. And you know what? That's okay, too. So if you're just curious, there you go. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> I told you it was going to be a long episode. No, no, it's good. You know, for the first time oh ever yes, in honey. almost 50 plus uh, episodes, I literally just stepped away from the mic and just listened uh, intently just to make sure that I didn't miss any part of what you were saying. I wanted to be completely present with that. And uh, yeah, it was good. I'm glad uh, you got that out and I'm glad our listeners will know. It's a big deal. So season three, I will share about life as whatever (laughs) title you want to call this. I'll talk about it in season three, but the SAHM's stay at home mom title, I I don't feel like that describes me perfectly. No, because I'm doing lots of creative work. So it's like my office is just at our home. And yes, I'm serving our kids. So I do struggle with that. That's another topic for another day. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come up with a cool (laughs) title, Jules. Okay, love. All right. Well, my my second question does not have to do uh, with extreme sports, but it does have to do with extreme moments in season two. Oh, yeah. You asked me about this. uh, I did give Julie a heads up that I would be referencing most popular moments of uh, previous episodes um, in season two. And I think I'm going to go first. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with episode 17, where we referenced being friends with Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal 
I think I, I, I feel like I know that guy. Okay. Okay. Because he is everywhere. Everywhere. He's everywhere. You know, he's on commercials. Gold Bond. He's, mm-hmm. he, he's Bond. selling Icy Hot. The icy, Gold yeah, Bond. Icy hot. The General. General he's yeah. selling car insurance. That's right. I, I think that he owns like seven Taco Bells, a Chipotle. This guy's all over YouTube, you know, for mm-hmm. doing amazingly generous things for people. But I feel like I know the guy's heart. I feel like I know that he's just a generous, smart, amazingly capable, uh, focused human that is just sent here to just spread happiness. So I second the motion. If anyone is friends with Shaquille O'Neal out there, send them our way. He would fit pretty good between the two of us on the couch. I we would have say. enough space in between. I think we could we yeah. could get him in the couch. I think get him on the couch. All right, Jules. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, my next one. Episode ten is all about being grounded. Yeah, I was a really good kid and didn't get in trouble a whole lot. However, wait a minute, time out. You you didn't get grounded. You didn't get no. in trouble at all. At all. I never got grounded. You never got grounded as a kid? No. How do I not know this? I was a really good kid. I got to talk um, to your mother. You can. She'll tell you I never got grounded. I was never grounded. I'm sure I was like I cannot believe punished that. for different things. But I cannot believe you were never grounded at no, all. No. I mean, I'm sure, like, wow. again, I'm, I'm a kid who we all make mistakes. I'm sure I was punished for things, but hmm. I don't know. I was never grounded. So as you can tell, Julie never got in trouble as a child. We have... We have established this, and would you would you like to amend any of this? That that you 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 definitely didn't get in trouble as a child. I, I mean, I'm you didn't sure get grounded were, one time. I never got grounded. That Not is one definitive. Time. Not for real. one time. No. I'm 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 shocked. No, okay. Call these my are, dad. These are shocking moments from season two. Okay. Um, the next one I want to go with um, is uh, episode two, the cheese ball incident oh, of twenty. 20- 23 after hearing this people oh the kids have had a field day with i this, by decided the way. to up the cheese ball distribution right. rate right and now i am proud to say that we give out 10 cheese balls and two bonus cheese balls bonus for good behavior and participation and for participation participation yeah. cheese balls yeah so you so, can earn a maximum of 12, of 12 cheese balls it's kind of you know we're going full circle here it's almost like we're doing tour points for kids at children's church yeah. you want your kids that's you right want your cheese balls you want some extra cheese balls <laughs> learn your ma- learn your bible learn your verse, bible verse today. okay all right my next favorite moment would have to be in episode three where we talk about uh, updated pet peeves, um, parking, and the illustrious Jeep Wave. But I will tell you, the first time, sidebar, that mm-hmm. I they I drove your you vehicle, yeah. people are waving to me left and right. I'm yeah. like, man, I feel like a celebrity yeah. in this thing. Like, How do people know what I'm driving because that's not my normal car? And then, of course, later I found out there's a wave it's and people good. were waving at me because they were in the Jeep and their yeah. Jeep. And they're like, mm-hmm. hey, we're Jeep people. Yeah, we're fun. awesome. And I didn't really know the Jeep wave. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why you feel like whatever vehicle you're driving needs that much space right. where you don't want anyone around you. And if that's the case, go to the end of the parking lot. Go all the way f- as far as you can away from the building and you can park any way that you want. But if the parking lot is even remotely busy and and maybe it's even half full, park like all the rest of us human beings. Park like a normal... And I feel like, you know what I want to do? 
I feel like I just want to just wait right outside uh, and just wait till that person comes up and they get in their car. And I just want to say, hey, sir, because it's usually a sir. It's usually a dude. It's usually a young dude, 20s, not stereotyping, but, you know, they, they, you know, they, they think they're more important than everybody else. And I just want to say, hey, where did you learn how to drive? What, what, what driving school did you go to? Because I would like to make a donation to that school to get some better instructors. You know what I mean? Sorry, I'm all fired up today. I've got one more for you, and that would be episode 10, where I um, I didn't close my rings, and I ended a streak that was over a year long. So, um, yeah, enjoy that clip here. I feel like, why even stand up anymore? I don't even know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's sad. If you Look, if you close your rings out there, you know what I'm talking about, people. I have pulled off the side of the road during travel, got out, did jumping jacks for 10 minutes and got back in and kept driving. And you wonder if you're really an Enneagram (laughs) 3? Come on. Achievers out there, just nod your head. Yep. You feel his pain. You identify. My husband is definitely made of achiever cloth. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know it's devastating when you don't close your rings, Richard. (laughs) I still feel bad for you. And... If you're ever in a car with Rick on a car ride that lasts more than a couple hours, yes, he does pull offside the road to stand up. So, yeah, not saying I'm a big fan of that. But anyhow, okay, season two, it has been memorable. And I'm going way back to episode one because if anyone has any interest in Junior Theater Festival (laughs) or want to know what Rick and I think of it, this one's for you. A few weeks ago, we were in Atlanta, Georgia at the Junior Theater Festival 2023, and our daughter was part of an extraordinary group of young performers. Uh, It's very emotional. I've had people ask me, like, how is Atlanta and this and that? And I'm like, you can't put it into words. Like, it was magical. So you said, um, other than graduations and other than weddings and other than that, law since Black Belt exam, definitely pops in my head now that was a couple years ago but um, Dylan performing at Junior Theater Festival with her peers at eight years old on stage in front of 6,500 performing arts individuals whether they'd be her peers whether they be um, you know these are people that love musical theater and love the art of performing I mean it, it you can't put it into words there's um they had the honor, we can talk about it now, it was hush-hush for a while, but they had the honor of being selected. Um, they were one of five performing arts groups in the country um, of, of young people eight, ages 8 to 18, and uh, they had the honor of performing 13 Junior the Musical and uh, just a little snippet of it. And they get to this one part, and, and the song is called uh, A Little More Homework, and they get to... Uh, kind of towards the buildup of the song and all the kids there I think there were 28 in the cast they just come to the edge of the stage and they're holding hands and the music's crescendoing and you are if you have a dry eye in there Mm. like you just don't have a heart because I mean that weekend was incredibly magical and special and it was a lot I mean it was uh, physically exhausting and emotionally, what a roller coaster! But 
um, since that's so recent, I would say that that moment, that experience was magical. And I know that it will be part of our story um, as long as Dylan wants to do it. So and as long as she has the honor of auditioning and being part of that group. That was a blast, wasn't it? That was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. We're ready. JTF24, yeah. let's go. We're less than six months away. Let's do it. All right. Um, I have a couple more for you. The next one, we were actually on a double date with friends of ours, and one of the uh, people we were out with said that they had recently, they weren't caught up, but they le- recently listened to episode 16. And episode 16... Uh, I go into talking about different wisdom over time um, and some of the things that were said there definitely um, make you think and remind us of what our intentions are for how we want to parent well. Boy, it there, there's nothing more that can put a spotlight on your flaws and your shortcomings than parenthood. Um hmm. It's, that's very deep yeah yeah it's very true i mean i've never been so tested with my lack of patience or anger or i mean fill in the emotion right also great joy i mean but you instantly i instantly think of growth i think of okay you know i i've had parenting moments as of late where i said hey look I've tried really hard to not raise my voice. Here's what I need from you. Here's what I've worked on. And I think 10 years ago, I wouldn't have said out loud to either. Well, Dylan wasn't alive then, but okay, five, six, seven, eight years ago. I don't think I would have had it, the verbiage in my body to say to a young child that we're raising, hey, I've really struggled to not raise my voice. And I'm not sure if you've realized or not, but in the last couple of months, I've really worked on that and I have not raised my voice and I have not done, you know, done that at you. Here's what I need you to work on for me so we can work together. Like to use that word, let's work together. You know, I've said that recently. Hey, we need to keep working together to get better at our relationship. You know, here's what I'm going to be doing. Hmm. Here's what, what do you think you could be doing? You know, having that dialogue and being very open and transparent. And like I said, I mean, parenthood puts a spotlight on your flaws. I can be very short tempered at times. Um, You know, if if it's been a long day and I am, I have not slept well and I've not eaten properly, I'm going to be very short fused. I think that in my early days of parenthood, I was more short fused than I have been, let's say in the last five years. I really think I've grown in that. Um, So, yeah, I think. I think experience, time, wisdom, um, learning your kids, learning what skills you can use instead of being quick to, uh, you know, be short tempered or, hey, you know, put that down, you know, that kind of thing. I haven't used that tonality in, I think, a good, good amount of time. So nice job, Jules. Very, very wise with your words. Thank you, Richard. I try. And as you shared trying to teach you something, trying to just share authentically how I experience things. And there you go. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. My last favorite one of season two. And I may say, if you've been listening to us since day one of season one, 
a common thread of season two has been us sharing more openly and candidly about our Christian faith. So I would be remiss not to say that season two memorable moment would be episode six about Jesus and green ice cream. And we share about our faith and what it means to us and just the cornerstone of it. My relationship with Christ is like, it's, it's an everyday thing. It's when I wake up, it's when I go to bed, it's when I'm driving, it's when I'm struggling, it's when I'm having joyful moments. And because it's something that is constant every day, it's, uh, it's ever evolving, it's ever growing, it's ever changing, and it's ever strengthening. As a Christian, as one who considers herself a follower of Christ, like Christ is in me. You know, I, I've told you before, when we have hard moments, I'm like, you know, the power of Jesus is in my veins. It's in my body. It's in my soul. So to have that strength, it's not of me. It's beyond me. And, um, you know, I just, I don't question it. I don't question it. I know that I know what I know what I know. I know it's true. I don't have the doubt of that. I don't judge other people who think differently than me or believe differently than me. I wish for those who I come into contact with to maybe think something's different in me hmm. and maybe question and be like, huh, like, what is that? Well, it's the fact that I'm a Christian. I have that light. I have that strength. Well, I know that we had a great season and I'm super excited to uh, look forward to what's coming, but also to take a little break, to recharge, to refresh, yes. and to uh, to get things ready for season three. That's right. We, so, we've said from the beginning, we're going to keep doing this until it stops being fun. And it's still fun. So Still fun. Still fun, guys. So guess what? You get one more season of The Randos. <laughs> Boom. Do you have a couch crumb? I do. do have, okay. I do. I just picked up my notes. You did share that we are taking some time off before we prepare for season three. And in between there, as we've shared, there's a couple trips going on. So my couch crumb is we are going on a trip and I have not done barely anything for it. So packing. And also, if you're a packer, you know that the laundry has to be done so that you can see what you have completely before you can pack. So the laundry's still out of control <laughs> and I need to pack. So that's my couch crumb of that's the week. That's a big couch crumb. Yes. My couch crumb is that we have a teenage son. And uh, I know that's exciting um, and stressful and daunting yes. at the same time. But the, the crumb is not the age itself. The crumb is that the last 13 years have gone by very, very, very quickly. Way too fast. Yeah. Very quickly. And I think that's the crumb. It's not that, you know, it's going to be this horrible year mm -hmm. and now he's going to change somehow. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he has been changing for a while. It's some, um, it's that, man, it's just, where did that go? Yeah. It just went fast. Parents of teenagers. Yeah. Prayers are welcome and advice is Prayers welcome, Prayers are people. welcome. All yes. right. Yes. Prop your feet up moment. Jules. Okay. My prop your feet up for the end of season two is that we have checked a couple things off of our summer bucket list. Yes, we have. And made some backyard memories. I'll just generalize it as backyard memories. Yes, yes. I like that. My prop your feet up is basically the same thing, that there's an out, a couple outdoor projects that 
um, we have completed and that I've always wanted to do. And we've done those things and it's, uh, it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. So anyway, season two, that's it. Mic drop, literally mic drop. So if you've been hanging with us now for over 50 plus episodes, 50 plus, we want to encourage you to write a review. Now, I know we ask a lot. I know this. I know this. But we give you all this free content, okay? (laughs) Right? It's a free podcast, people. It's free. So I think, and I'm just spitballing here, I think that a good way to reward this content that we put out weekly is uh, two ways. One, you can always connect with us on social media. You can uh, submit a review. You can, you know, submit a correspondence. You can leave a voicemail. There's all kinds of ways that you can connect with us. But, but... In the podcasting world, in podcast land, the most effective gift that you can give us is obviously your love and support, but it's your verbal words of how amazing this podcast is and what it means to you. So we would love to read those. And we just got a new review just recently. We sat down on the couch, we read it together, Mm -hmm. and we shared and we smiled and fist bumped. And that's the good stuff, people. That's the human fuel. That's what we need to continue to propel us to give you all of this free content. I mean, where else are you going to learn about <laughs> shin kicking and <laughs> wife carrying and bog snorkeling? I mean, right? Come on. So uh, we just want to say that we are grateful for you. We're thankful that you squish in each and every week. Some of you are avid listeners on Thursday morning, and that is so humbling that our words touch you and hopefully make you think. Uh, but we just want to encourage you to be a light for others, to go out and make a difference and to find the people on your victory couch, hold them tight, snuggle in, right? And snuggle up and make sure that they are the most important people in your world. Serve your fellow humans. Make sure that you're patient with people and just be kind. That's all we can say. So until season three, we wish you a happy summer. Continue to be blessed because we know we are and we will see you soon. We are Rick and Julie Rando, and you've been listening to the Victory Couch podcast. You can follow the Victory Couch on Instagram, Facebook, and thevictorycouch.com. Count your lessons, your blessings, and your victories. We'll save a seat for you right here next time on the Victory Couch.